0: Welcome to Vitals & Vision, Healthcare Leadership Insights with Relias. We're a leading provider of healthcare education and workforce enablement solutions, and together we'll explore pressing industry challenges and valuable insights from healthcare experts. Our guests will inspire you with knowledge and new approaches to empower your organization's success today and tomorrow. Thank you for joining us. Now let's dive in.
1: Welcome to the Vitals and Vision podcast. I'm your host, Lee Steiner, a partner for Behavioral Health Solutions at Relias. Today's discussion is the second half of our inaugural two part episode. If you haven't heard part one, we encourage you to go back and listen to it. My conversation with renowned workforce thought leader and president and chief retention officer at Magnet Culture, Kara Siletto explores emotional intelligence how to ensure a better sense of belonging and major contributors to retention so without further delay here's the second half of my chat with kara when you go back to the um key concept of being a flexible organization and it seems like a precursor to that is your like we have to have leaders Managers with emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. And, and you obviously teach that. You say it was a course that is um, highly requested. Yes. Talk a bit more about how you teach emotional intelligence or or reinforce emotional intelligence so people can act on what may be a part of their character portfolio, but they don't know how to bring it into work. That makes right, sense.
2: absolutely,
1: yeah. So, emotional intelligence
2: is your ability to identify emotions both in yourself and in others around you, and to regulate those emotions we've all worked with somebody who would kind of blow up and and have that knee jerk reaction right so that's a lack of self regulation if if you have trouble and struggle to keep those emotions in check um but also the big piece of it is to understand how your emotions impact your behavior and impact, especially your decision-making. So a lot of people may not know that it takes about four hours if you are emotionally hijacked from either really bad news or really good news, either one could be positive or negative. If you get emotionally hijacked, it takes about four hours on average to get back to a clear cognitive state. And to be able to make a rash you know, or, or a, a rational decision, not irrational, because a lot of times when we're emotional, we'll make an irrational decision or have an outburst or say things we shouldn't say. And a, a leader with great EQ or emotional quotient, it's also called um, a leader with great EQ is going to know I am emotionally hijacked right now. It is not a good time for me to be making decisions, for me to be coaching or mentoring someone, for me to be you know, actively participating in a group at the moment because I am not in a clear glass, we call it, right? A clear glass state of mind where I have high cognitive function and I can think strategically and and really put all the pieces together. So there are different aspects of emotional intelligence. One is, is being aware of yourself and regulating yourself And then an even higher level of EQ would be to be aware of others. You know, when you're in a team meeting, you know how one person shows anger is different than another person shows anger. One person might slam a door or roll their eyes or get loud and a different person on the team, they get quiet or they turn red or you know different things happen to them so if you're really good at reading the room you know your team well enough to understand and to pick up on their emotional responses when change happens or bad news is given or good news is given you know any kind anything that's going to trigger them emotionally you'll be able to read the room and address that and then the highest level of EQ is really being able to even regulate or, uh, or control, to some extent, other people's emotional responses. So I've had people on my team in the past who I knew they were going to have that knee jerk, emotional outburst type of reaction to the news I'm about to share. And if I know that about them and I know how to, how to work around it, then I'm going to craft my message I'm going to prepare the way that I'm going to tell them this, right? I might start with, we have a plan and everything's going to be fine, but I need to let you know, right? So I'm kind of softening the blow that it's it's all going to be fine, but I need to tell you this bad thing happened, right? Um, instead of just saying, hey, I need to tell you this bad thing happened. If if I can be a, a stronger leader by preparing them mentally, I can actually regulate and keep their emotions a bit more in check by the way that I approach the situation and the way that I mentor or even communicate that news to them. And so we need more leaders who can really help people keep their emotions in check, especially because something else we haven't even talked about, Lee, is People are bringing their whole self to work. So it's not even just like emotional hijacking of something that happened at work, but maybe their significant other and them just got in a big fight right before they came to work. Well, you need to know as a leader, it's going to take them four hours to make good decisions, (laughs) you know, because they are emotionally hijacked right now and they're just going to bite anybody's head off and, you know, or, or whatever it is that is their style. And so really being able to coach and mentor people as they bring their whole self to work, uh, that EQ can be a lifesaver to help them. You can speed up that four hours if you have coping mechanisms, if you have a community around you that can help you diffuse a situation, for example, but you've got to understand that that's
1: what's happening in your brain. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that is highly related to obviously good communication, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe even a a precursor to being able to communicate well is that you understand where you're at emotionally and where the other person is. But you want to add anything else about ensuring strong two way communication and and how that helps a sense of belonging in an organization?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think. A word that I would bring to that conversation is trust yeah. and trust helps people feel that they belong in that organization. If they really trust their team, trust their leader, they feel their leader trusts them. And so I think another piece that we need to talk about and work on and teach leaders is around how to build and maintain trust and how to realize when you've broken someone's trust. Uh, I know we got so desperate with staffing, for example, that there were times where we would say, if you work tonight, I swear I won't call you this weekend. (laughs) And then what happened, right? I'm calling you this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. The weekend got desperate again. Two more people quit or didn't show up for their shifts. And I know I said I wouldn't call you this weekend, but... And so those incidences, particularly over these last two or three years when staffing was really tough, I mean, just tougher than we've ever seen it in ever before. And some managers don't realize that their team doesn't trust them anymore. Because that manager didn't didn't lie, they didn't mean to say something that wasn't true, but they couldn't follow through on their word. They couldn't um you know, sometimes even I saw managers make promises that the corporate group couldn't keep um that then the manager said, "I'm so sorry, but the company won't let me or the company has changed their mind or their plans or the policy or whatnot and so. I think something we need to be aware of is that trust has been eroded Mm -hmm. over these past several years, and that is something that's going to take time and consistency and intentional effort to rebuild the trust between folks. Uh, Even little things as simple as a two-minute team-building activity or a two-minute team-building question in your staff huddles, or when you change shifts, you know, your team meetings, your staff meetings, shift huddles, whatever you call those, doing a quick one minute or two minute team building question and get to know you time, you know, do you like cats or dogs? Do you prefer beaches or mountains? Um, You know, the other day, our question on our team was, what's your favorite French fry? Like, who (laughs) has the best French fries, by the way? I'm on team rallies <laughs> and there were the rallies team kind of beat out everybody else. And we were all joking about it, but you know, it made you laugh. It made us laugh. And um, it was just a great little team building exercise. Cause now the rallies team, we kind of give each other virtual high fives. Like, Hey, yeah. Rallies, we got a connection. And so building that connection with people, That goes back to the belonging. Um, I I talk a lot about helping people find work friends. That's, it's a young people term. (laughs) I think older generations might say colleagues, but the younger generations, like we want work friends. We don't just want colleagues that we see during the day and that's it. We want work friends that we can talk to about our lives and maybe even go out with for dinner or meet up with our spouses and kids and and things like that. And so really the team building aspect and the trust building aspect has to be sprinkled back into all of those interactions that we have. And that will help build camaraderie, build trust. uh, And then people don't want to quit. They're work friends. They don't want to leave them behind, and that becomes another sticky retention point that that is more magnetic for the organization.
1: Yeah, Kara, I've I've heard that uh, if you want to ask a single question that will help predict retention, it is, do you have a best friend at work? Oh, and that. a... Yep. I thought that's pretty fascinating. So riff off that theme for a minute here. And I know that our time is growing short, but what are the major contributors to retention? And one might be what you've already addressed, that I have friends at work, not just people I know or I work with, whatever. I have friends at work. So that's a stickiness for me. Right.
2: Yeah, so it, it's not a magic bullet, right? It is a it is a lot of things that we have to have in place, and some of our organizations do, um, well, all of our organizations do some of those items very well, and they yeah. know that they're not doing as well in other areas, right? So you have to kind of audit yourself. On those, but I would say the the group of them this falls under. We have both a magnet framework, M A G N E T, from my book Staying Power, as well as we have a ten question retention audit that kind of mirrors that uh. framework and asks those questions. So it is going to be your management effectiveness and have you given those people the right tools and time to be great managers. Um, you have to look at the real attractiveness of your organization meaning would you come work for you would you come work for those wages that you're offering and those schedules that you're offering and you know the the benefits package and whatnot Um, how attractive is the job that we are posting right so really thinking about that and how can we make it more attractive and more flexible that's part of the conversation opportunities for growth and advancement are huge for folks because while we used to have people who stayed at a company or even in one job for five years, 10 years, 20 years, now a lot of those positions are now considered a stepping stone position. So if you have not taken your positions and created a level one, level two, level three within the one job, you know, not that they have to go back and get more education or another degree or something like that to get the promotion. But within the job, as they grow their competencies, can they grow and advance in that role? Um, those are some of the big pieces. And then you mentioned earlier, Lee, incentives. Why would somebody stay? And and most companies are still budgeting 3% for an annual pay raise and they think somebody is going to work their tail off for a year and then be excited that they got a 3% pay increase. And that's like a slap in the face because I worked hard. I should be able to buy more than just the same bread, milk, and eggs that I bought last year. If I'm really better at my job and I did a good job this whole year, then I should be rewarded for that. So I'm seeing a lot more companies put higher four to 5% increases back in their budgets um, as an incentive, as well as other incentives. You can put mentoring programs in place after 90 days or six months. You can give out special perks after six months or 18 months, but don't rely on that one-year carrot on a stick, we've got to kind of chop that up and give greater incentives at the 30 day, 60 day, 90 day, six month, nine month, 18 month, uh, put some different added benefits in there. And I'm seeing a lot of companies break up their comp and do increases twice a year. I, at my company, that's what we do. We, we give pay increases twice a year instead of once a year to make sure that people feel appreciated and that they feel they're continuing to level up in their career, as well as their life. So those are just, you know, a, a handful of the things that are really needed. But, uh, but all of those have got to be in place, and really stable and really consistent around the organization. If you want to
1: keep that talent, you can't afford to lose. Yes. So Kara, you have spent, it seems like all of your life studying this topic, because you are just like, mesmerizing too. Uh, our listener <laughs> can't, can't see you. you, but I am just like mesmerized by watching <laughs> her talk about this. Um, so what is it about retention that has been so magnetic for you? I mean, what is it personally mm. or professionally that has said, spend your life studying me's? Yeah.
2: So I I didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to be a retention expert. That did not happen. Uh, But that's such a great question. What did happen is my personal mission in life is to help people and businesses grow. And once I started my own business in 2012, I was just looking for ways to help people and businesses grow. And I started listening to the market, listening to the workforce, and just finding out where those gaps were. And then we saw coming out of that previous recession, so in 2012, 2013, 2014, we saw people becoming less tolerant, I will say, of bad bosses, bad culture, bad schedules, bad uniforms, whatever it was that they didn't like. And they were becoming less tolerant and changing jobs more and more. So by 2015, we had really put all of our effort into understanding why do people quit? Why do people stay? And what is evolving in the workforce, what is evolving in the workplace? I've seen a lot of those pendulums swing back and forth. Uh, everything from you know uniforms and attire to office space configurations to scheduling to pay—all these different things—and I'm I'm just really passionate about. Helping people sleep better at night. Mm -hmm. If if we can create better cultures, better teams, Mm -hmm. better bosses, then the employees sleep better at night. The employers sleep better at night. Leaders at every level are are happier and less stressed. I just want more more happiness, more kindness, um, and and more realistic workloads, (laughs) you know, uh, bring back realistic workloads so that we can all go home after our shift and feel like we did a great thing that yeah. day uh, and be ready to go back tomorrow and, and want to give back again.
1: Yeah, well, It sounds to me like you have lived what you are teaching now. Absolutely. Absolutely. We we constantly talk about ways
2: that we can practice what we preach here at Magnet Culture. And I'm not perfect. I certainly have some missteps in some areas of our business that I know we should put a little more time and effort into those. But we are self-aware. <laughs> we we know what those gaps are. And we uh, we decide what our priorities are every year to continue making it a, a better place to work for our team.
1: Is there a final thing that you would like our listeners to hear? You know,
2: um, sometimes we have a chip on our shoulder because it's not fair. It's not fair that the new workforce has so much say and that they get their schedule they want. But I never got the schedule I wanted. And they get to give their boss a piece of their mind and say what they're thinking. And I never got to do that with my bosses, you know. And I just have to say, um, I kind of think of it as when I was a scout, when I was young, they taught me to leave the campsite better than you found it. And so my mission is to help companies now leave the culture better than you found it. If you didn't like working that schedule back then, Why would you make somebody work that schedule now if we can be more flexible, incentivize the behavior that we want and the schedules that we want? You need people to work holidays. You got to pay more. Right. That's how it works. So if we can figure out these formulas and get the coverage we need to provide great quality care, great quality services, great quality products, um, but we can do it with our employees, you know, build that that model with them, then we don't need to have the chip on our shoulder and and feel bad um, or angry about the evolution of what has changed. And instead, embrace that and say, let's figure it out together. Let's build this together. And then we can all have a better place to work.
1: Great. Oh, Kara, this has been such a magnificent conversation. I could sit and talk with you for uh, at least days. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for being with us. We so appreciate your wisdom and, uh, and the energy and love that you put into making our workplaces better places. Excellent. Excellent.
2: Well, thanks again for your partnership. I love working with you all. And uh, I thank all the listeners for uh, taking time out of their day
1: today to listen to a few new tips. Thank you for joining the second half of our inaugural episode of Vitals and Vision. Remember, success starts with a clear vision and vital strategies. Stay tuned for more inspiring episodes.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Vitals and Vision, brought to you by Relias. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star review. Feel free to share this episode with others. It really helps. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, email us at vitalspodcast at go.relias.com. Thank you for your continued support. We appreciate you joining us. Until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep growing.